the Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly at a great length. I'm your host, Kareem, joined as ever by Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. Today, we are edging ever closer to the end of original series. We are on season three, episode 17, That Which Survives, or as I like to call it, Don't Be Afraid. I have come for you, listener. Oh, oh wait, let me, let me read that label again. Oh no, it's actually for Bob. Do we have a Bob here? <laughs> Bob. Um. <laughs> oh no. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was very gratifying. I worked real hard on that. Um, this is an episode featuring another lady in a bitching bizarre outfit. Bizarre. Yeah. It was actually one of the more sensible outfits yeah, yeah, yeah. that we've seen. It covered her. It was fine. It covered her up. It had high-waisted pants, and she was 95% covered. They were pants. Plus, yeah. you could look at it and go, oh, I understand exactly how this works. No. That. Yes. No. I yes. understood the No. What was with the belly button flap? Well, I don't was understand her... why they were doing it, but I understood physically how the outfit worked. I didn't have to pause the was episode the... and go, okay, wait. This her... goes there. In no way were her feet connected to her breasts by clothing. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's a real low it's bar. It's a win. But... I guess. I mean, I, I'll give you that. But I didn't understand the belly. How is that staying up? It had to be glued to her. Probably. Oh, I think there was probably, in the actual real life, wearing this around yes. is not functional. And it was Spirit probably, gum. like, taped to her in several places. Yes. But in terms of, like, general, like, aesthetic insanity, <laughs> it was fine. I <laughs> really like the color of it. I don't yeah. think we've ever seen something... As purple. It, it was, was so very purple. purple. And there's been a before. lot of purple on this show. Yeah. Never as purpley as this. No, and I like, it was like, that was the thing that it, I liked is it was very simple. It was entirely purple, and it was all piped in like silver yeah, yeah. piping. It was pants. Yeah. It was, like, it was pants. It was, novel it was a sensible pantsuit. Yeah. I mean, yes, it had a bikini bra and yes. some funny ass shoulders going on. And a belly button flap. And a, but her belly button was covered. And the back of and the her... outfit was held up by the thing on her neck. Yes, and most of her back was covered. We yeah. didn't have, like, a giant-ass back scoop so we could see her butt crack hanging out, like, 90% yeah. of these outfits. It was bananas, but at least it made sense. Yes. By Star Trek female guest star standards, this was actually quite drab. Yes. <laughs> Except for the it was It was extremely utilitarian. Yeah. <laughs> Are Nothing it? with a belly button flap is utilitarian, guys. She had pants and flat-soled shoes. Yeah. Ari's going to put a picture of this on I the am. blog, and everybody can make up their own mind. Like, compare this with, like, last week's. Oh, okay. it was like, yeah, fine. It's yeah. fine. This was fine. This is what we're working with, Craig. <laughs> buy that, buy that bar, fine. Yeah. Bye. Or compared to the Boots to Boobs outfit that oh, I yeah. literally cannot get over. The boots to Boobs yeah. is still the golden standard by which... How would you pee? You would not... <laughs> Or although you have, maybe you'd have like a slit in the crotch where you just like crouch down. I think it was suspenders under the skirt. I don't think it actually like was a Jesus. full body garment underneath. Oh God, that thing was bananas. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. So this is, I'm going to stake my claim here. Great episode. Yeah. Up until the last yeah. four and a half minutes. Yeah. All of the nonsense about beauty, which was completely irrelevant to the episode and Well, that's sexist. because women are just, you know, worth. Well, she, their beauty. Yeah, she tried to kill us, and she was a robot. But she was so pretty. But damn, she was hot. I have a question for you. Yes. Are you out of your fucking minds? This episode was terrible. It was no. so good. It was boring as and you know shit. What? And no. you know what? I'm going to give like a solid hundred points to everyone's situational awareness on this one. They referenced past episodes. Yeah, they had learned from previous mistakes. They had learned. They, they, Literally nothing happened. They, they just security. walked through the episode narrating what they were doing. They solved a puzzle. 
It was a murder mystery. It, and yeah. also a survival story. Yeah. And them using their brains to figure out what was going on in a way that actually made sense to me. Yes. I was really excited when it started because I was like, yes, a mystery. It was boring. So boring. I was so bored. It took 50 years to watch this episode. I loved this episode. I got through 10 minutes and I paused and I was like, I can only have like 10 minutes of this left. And it was still going forever. Ah, I had quite the opposite experience yeah. where I flew through this episode. I laughed. Yeah. I enjoyed what everyone was what doing. What did you laugh at? What was funny? Spock is a serious, serious sassy pants in this episode. <laughs> oh, you mean the part where he just kept telling everybody, just be more precise in what you're doing? No, there were other little bits and aside. Little character things. I have never noticed this ever. I think this is a real first for Star Trek, that most of the cutaway reaction shots were women. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly all of them were, okay, her name was Lieutenant well, Pilot. Sitara Rada is her name. No, I had to look her up because I was doing the final count, right? Okay. So, the way that we usually, I usually do the the, the women and people of color count is, um, brownface doesn't count, but brownface technically is a white actor playing a character of color. Now, the lady who played Sitara Rada, the character is clearly meant to be Indian. Yeah. She's got a bendy and her name is Hindi. Um, the actress is a Jewish American woman named Naomi Pollock. Huh. So I'm like mentally sort of recategorizing because I don't think this has come up before that the that person of color is anyone who isn't a wasp, basically. Um so I thought that was really interesting because a few episodes ago in um, Elan of Troyes, we had a part Vietnamese, mm-hmm. part white American, no, she was French, right? Yeah. A lady playing a apparently coded as from the African continent sort of character, which, not brownface, weird, not sure where that falls on the appropriateness scale, but not brownface. And this was another one of those really interesting things because she was so blatantly intended to be a character, and I don't think we've had one of those in Trek before. We've had background characters, but not speaking parts and she has so much dialogue she had a lot of dialogue she was also clearly in makeup that was intended to darken her skin yeah her face that would be the foundation Uh, they were using yeah uh and like she was great and i was glad she was there i thought she was involved in the problem for half the episode because of how many reaction shots she got that's because it is so shocking for when uh, when spock or the captain whoever's in that chair says something the worried shots aren't usually uhura and they aren't usually women around period So it, it felt weird that we kept going to both of them. Yeah. If there was, oh, BT Duds, the ship is going to explode, we saw Ahura's face, and then we saw her face, and their reactions to it, which was mm. wild. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that they were showing her reacting. It was the way she was reacting. I thought she was being, like, suspicious. I didn't get that. <sighs> it was driving me nuts. I hated this episode. I really, really hated this episode. I'm sorry, you're back to season one, Kim, who likes nothing. I still loved it. I I can't let you rain on this parade one, nope. Kim. I enjoyed really it enjoyed much. it. Um, nope. It's one of my favorites. Nope. It might be because her episode, her uh, outfit is so purple. Yeah. I just, it, it really so snapped. Purple. It really snapped. So boring. Popped. And I, I noticed a lot uh, on the bridge as well, because Ari came in when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. She'd already seen it. There's another woman on the bridge. Just yeah. there, doing yeah, yeah. a job. Yeah. Yeah. It was very exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, also, I love the idea. We start with Kirk going, well, it's a ghost planet. Spock saying, well, no, it isn't. Going through a number of reasons why it is a ghost planet. And then Kirk saying, oh, 
It's a ghost planet. <laughs> it's like when someone is, is trying to, like, rain on your fun and you just sort of, like, I'm going to let you, like, let you finish. So, ghost planet. Yes. To everyone else on the bridge. Yes. There should be more ghost planet episodes. Yeah. I just love the idea. It's just a good sentence. Ghost, ghost planet. planet. Yeah. Like, either a planet full of ghosts or a planet that is a ghost. I would like planet that is a ghost. I also, yeah. That'd be cool. I think that'd be neat. Like, it just kind of appears and is like, ooh. Yeah, I could have gotten behind that. No. This was interesting, though, in that it's a planet that shouldn't be. Yeah, because it makes no sense. So, it has atmosphere when it shouldn't have atmosphere. It has plants, but it hasn't been around long enough to have plants. You have evolved plants naturally. Sure. And it's way too dense for its size. It is way too dense. But I feel like we've seen... A satellite planet before? Wasn't there, like, an entire civilization on the, an asteroid? The ship. Yeah, there was a ship. So yeah. this is not, like, the weirdest thing they've ever seen. No. The weirdest thing that ever happens is Kirk like, well, pff, I'm going to go check this out. Grab the geologist. Fine. I'm going to climb it. Get Da Vinci. The Da Vinci is the geologist. D'Amato. Yeah, whatever. I, I call them blue shirt the whole time. Fine. Fine. Um, And McCoy... And Sulu. I think Kirk is physically incapable of going on a away mission without McCoy along for, like, emotional I'll support. I'll give him Sulu. He's a botanist, but... He doesn't do any of the botany. No, 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 he doesn't. He does nothing. It's That's McCoy true. who's, like, taking that strands of me. blue wheat and, like, putting them over his tricorder. <laughs> that shot bothered me so yeah, much. me too. Like, it's bluey. Fine. The the planet design, amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved it. The sparkly rocks, Sparkle were, rocks. were my favorite part. They had so just, like, great. little bits of glimmer in them. Those yeah. were great. And the blue wheat. I didn't even notice the wheat was blue. <gasps> the sort of bluey, pinky grass stuff. It was blue, and then it had, like, red tips. Yeah. No, it was I really did not cool. notice any of that. Only because of that shot of him just, like, taking a handful of it and waving it over his tricorder made me furious. But he, because you should definitely just go around touching plants. As we have seen from previous episode, just shoving your face into different pistols and stamens is a grand plan. <laughs> grand plan. So they're about to beam down, mm-hmm. except Kirk is like, hey, Da Vinci. I, the actor's name is, I think, Frank Da Vinci, so that's his name from now on. I can live with that. Is like, hey, you're going to have such good information for a conference presentation. <laughs> Jesus, oh, man. Academia has not changed at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. So, all of a sudden... As they're, like, mid-dematerialization. They're mid-bling... A woman in an amazing purple outfit shows up. Her hair! Her hair! Her, her hair is bananas! I, I loved, loved it! Yeah. It was, like, so complicated rolls and curls and folds. There were and... just two rolls, but they were huge! They yeah. Were like, they were, like, victory rolls on cracks, except they were, like, <laughs> on the sides of her head instead of the front. They were amazing. And her eyeshadow. Yes. Oh, her yes. eyeshadow was wings that was like one giant blue wing and one giant pink wing up to her eyebrows. They were phenomenal. They were incredible. She looked amazing. Yeah. She did. She looked fantastic. Um, we've seen eye makeup similar to that before. Like we had a few weeks where they went like we bananas had some crazy. with like black and white yeah. stuff. Yeah. And this I feel is like an evolution. Like somebody added mm. a couple more colors yeah. to their palette. Like mm. okay, okay Francis, it's really working out with the black and white. How about <laughs> we buy you a couple more pencils? I love it because it just looks like alien but possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know. Aspirational? It, just, it yeah. made her eyes pop. <laughs> she, she looked really great. Did. Yeah. She looks 
just formidable. Flawless. She does look flawless. I mean, later on, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, she sort of pops into the transporter room and she says, no, you must not go down. But what do they do? But it's of course, they're already now. being beamed. So she turns around and kills the transporter tech. Well, she just lightly strokes him, which apparently sets him into a swoon. Mm-hmm. They beam down to a set that is clearly made of foam because it starts wiggling like this a bowl full amazing. of jelly. This was amazing. This is a practical earthquake effect. They had some kind of new stage that they did that yeah. could do that, which I, I thought it was, was neat because you cool. actually see the rocks yeah. that are clearly Jumping made of around. foam. But like as in an actual earthquake, which they were in California, so they would know. <laughs> what doesn't make any sense is that apparently earthquakes can travel through space because the Enterprise <laughs> also gets an earthquake. <laughs> Or a space quake, if you will. Yeah, we never actually understand why the earthquake or the shaking, except maybe in retrospect, I now think it's whatever power, because as soon as they beam down, the Enterprise gets thrown 900 light years away. The quantum transporter that takes them away. Sure. Sure. So that's what causes the earthquake. Okay, well, Alex. That was the explanation at the end of the episode is that they were quantumly transported elsewhere. Were they? Okay. Yeah. Sure. It was a, like, like so many things about this episode, it was a throwaway line that went nowhere and was not followed up on. I didn't even hear it. Who cares? Exactly. Lady pilot. Yes. Lieutenant Rada. Sure. Um, they look down, the planet is gone. The Oops. people on the ground are like, oh shit, the Enterprise is gone. Sulu's first thing is, <laughs> well, the Enterprise must be destroyed. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> the thing that I really loved is that they could apparently tell that the Enterprise was gone by scanning with their tricorders from the planet. Those tricorders have a range that is astronomical. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for the 60s, yes. Although now, that's not that impressive. Well, yes, it is impressive. It's, it's, it's a satellite. Impossible. It's a contact a satellite. That's what your phone does they all the time. They were pinging it? Yeah. They were pinging Well, the that ship. must be how they work, right? It has to be pinging something in orbit, in this case, the Enterprise. I, I, I I'm I completely willing to believe that the tricorders can contact the Enterprise. Sure. Sulu is immediately like, well, the Enterprise blew up. <laughs> we, it blew up. It's in a million different pieces. Kirk's like, Kirk, bite your fucking tongue. Yes. <laughs> Kirk is... Not supportive of this theory. And then he's like, okay, how about we stop talking about the most horrible thing ever to happen and find food and water so we don't die. Which is fair. They're stranded, which, again, I love as a plot device. I love a good survival story. Like, how else do you explain that movie with Liam Neeson when he gets, like, in the Arctic and wolves? Sure. I have not seen that one. No, it's... But it also gives them a really plausible excuse to wander around and encounter everything that happens. Yes. Back on the ship, it's actually a woman who notices that something is wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the stars are wrong. I don't recognize where we are. Tentatively puts her hand up and goes, yeah. okay, but the stars are wrong. Wh- which point, Spock stalks over and is like, what? How? Oh. Fine. <laughs> Fine, yes. They've been... Knocked off course? They've been flung 990-something light years. Uh, another thing to note in here is that at this point, the transporter officer who got gently stroked by that lady is mm-hmm. dead. And Super yeah. dead. And you know who pronounces him dead? Dr. Mbenga! Hey! He's back! And he's it's a back. different actor! I don't think so. That guy is much younger than the last guy who played Dr. Mbenga. I'm fairly sure. Nope. Only one actor listed. Booker Bradshaw. Booker Bradshaw. I'm sorry. Maybe he'd been on vacation. <laughs> he just like lightened up. Yeah. 
You got younger and gained some weight. Same yeah, actor. it's, it's Brooker Bradshaw. Does not look like the same guy at all. Yeah, he was Dr. Mbenga. Was the actor who played in two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Does not look the same at all. So we're wow. 990-something. Spock is much more precise than I care to be. Light years away from where they were. Oh, no, no, no. You have to talk about how Spock is much more precise because that's all that he does in this episode is tell people to be more precise. He always does that. It is weird that you did not like this episode because this was very Spock heavy. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything. He literally just walks around the ship telling people, can you please be more precise? That's not accurate. You're not being accurate. Please be more accurate. He always does that. He's just not usually in charge of the ship when he's doing it. No, this was... this. Was, I hated this episode so much. I cannot get behind okay. anything that happened. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we noticed the stars are wrong. We're millions and millions of miles away from where we were. Um, and they conclude pretty quickly. So the planet didn't blow up because that would have destroyed us. That's not what flung us. Everyone's real relieved. Probably the UI team isn't dead, although... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, so we decide we're going to warp back to the planet ASAP. I do want to notice a sidebar, though. Mabango notes, uh, mentions another doctor on board the ship, a Dr. Sanchez. So there's at least three of them. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to have redundancy yeah. for. Like, just yeah. keep them in reserve. I mm. assume it's like a day doctor and a night doctor. And that makes perfect sense. They do eight-hour shifts. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like if I was doing scheduling, that seems legitimate. Yeah. With well, food. like in Next Gen... Ship runs on, like, three shifts, and Voyager, they go into, like, shifts and stuff occasionally where they yeah. run four shifts, and so it makes sense to have a doctor for every shift. It does. It does. And yeah. maybe one in backup, just in case. Just in case one dies or is on an away team that, shock, 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 is in trouble and unable to return <laughs> to the ship. Yeah. Um, when we go back to the planet, Kirk is just crouching. Thoughtfully. <laughs> I guess. Crouching is a very unsexy position. Like, like, why are you doing that? You could sit, you could perch, you could stand. But I feel like the director was like, levels. We need some more levels in here. <laughs> and so it's like, everyone crouching. Just crouch, 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 crouch. Well, they're investigating. Yeah, but it looks like they're hiding behind a rock. Well, they're also doing that. From what? Ah. Sulu comes back to say, Ed, that every single plant here is poison. <laughs> awesome! Also, they all have a mysterious parasite. They don't have the parasite. It just exists in the atmosphere. They're not sick with anything. Well, no, it's a plant parasite that's on the plants. And something about reverse polarity, which I stopped paying attention to because just the idea of that sounds funny. That's because Reverse the polarity, Captain! That is literally how Scotty saves the ship, by reversing the polarity. So it kind of, it's not really important, but they do kind of pick it up again. He cuts the fuel. He reverses no 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 he reverses the polarity of his sonic wrench. I would not say sonic screwdriver <laughs> because it was not that. Copyright his, infringement. <laughs> copyright infringement is his sonic wrench. That he he reverses the polarity on that mm-hmm. to seal the magnetic leak because that's the fuel that's going and in, into the antimatter matter thing. And the reason that works is because whatever through the enterprise messed up its magnetic resonance or something. But that's that's I guess. The issue. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Being thrown awesome, messed up awesome. the Enterprise, he had to do a thing. That's so. the end of the episode, though. We're not there yet. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, there's no fucking water on this planet. They don't know no, how these plants are living. No, this is a shit planet. This is a garbage planet that makes no sense. <laughs> what I also like is that they keep, t- they do, like, scans and some things show up and then they disappear, which, mm-hmm. whatever. Like a door opening and then close. I really like that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the line that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just that they scan some things. This is, like, a literal scanning montage. 
But I really like it. It advances the plot. I liked it. Because they're walking around a bit, like, figuring things out. And then our non-red oh, shirt, who is still da functionally Vinci. a red shirt, because they're all wandering around outside of out of sight of each other. Because they're yeah, not, they they split the yeah, party. They split the party. Never split the party. My favorite part is so Da Vinci has his tricorder and he's wandering around and he kind of thinks he picks up something and he goes over to this like sand mountain, Rocks. picks up the sand in his hand and then throws what? it on the ground in disgust, like ugh. This sand, it's not good sand. I you disappoint sand. me. And I'm like, what about that sand was surprising? <laughs> what did you think that there would be food in it? Did you think there would be water in that sand? What did you think it would be? It's sand. Yeah, it was dumb. It was great. Because immediately after he does that, um, eyeshadow galore shows up. At this point I was still writing her as amazing nails lady. I oh. just called her the lady. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to call her her or from, the ri- from the Ryder Haggard uh, oh, yeah. book. Or she. Yeah. She. I'm going to call her she. I'm writing that down now. <laughs> um, she's like, don't be afraid. His answer fucking foolishly is, well, I'm not. Oh, and that's why you must die. Yeah. I mean, he's still like, okay, but who the hell are you and how did you get here? <laughs> but and not soon enough. She says... Do not be afraid again, which is the universal signal for book it. Yeah. Just run. Run. She looks like she's moving pretty slow. You could probably take her. Yeah. So she's like, hi, I am for you. I am only for you, Diamanto. Diamanto. Close enough. She gently strokes him and he falls down dead. Yeah. Oh, no. What Uh, a surprise. The rest of the party who have not split as far as Diamato did, realize they haven't heard from him for a while. And he's clearly dead. He's clearly dead. Like, obviously. Yeah, they go and find him. He's the, dead. The important part of Diamato's death is they try and dig a grave for him with their phasers. And they don't because the actual, like, dirt level is only, like, six inches deep. And then there's yes. weird rock that does not seem to be I natural. could not figure out what was going on. But I would like this, to... Yeah. No, go ahead, Kareem. Um, I just would like to previously interject is that before he digs the grave... McCoy takes the tricorder, which apparently has amazing powers of deduction, runs it over Da Vinci's head. Every cell in his body has been disrupted. Is there a setting for that? They have the Is that something that you're always running through? settings on tricorders. Did he die of heart attack? Brain aneurysm? Every cell in his body being disrupted. <laughs> this maybe might actually been my favorite part of the episode is them attempting to phaser a grave out of the ground <laughs> mm-hmm. because they keep phasering it and it keeps exploding mm-hmm. and at one point mm-hmm. it catches fire and the rock is just on fire. It's so great because I when they first did it, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I get that you're digging a grave, but it almost looked like these giant, Lord help me, rock penises that have been <laughs> laid into the ground. I'm like, what am I seeing? And then they kept going like, oh no. And I was like, is that because you're seeing giant rock phalluses? <laughs> Quite honestly. Because I couldn't. I, and then they did it again and it was the same thing. And I was like, oh no, it's a planet of dildos. Okay. And you made the episode worse. <laughs> so that under the sand, it's just packed full of dildos. Oh my god. Well, apparently, whatever they are, they're infinitely denser than they're supposed to be. <laughs> Flammable. <laughs> Yeah, someone, someone's practical effect didn't go too well. No, oh, it caught on fire. Yeah. The best thing is, is that so Sulu immediately gets a promotion off of this. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So here's where we get Scotty back on the ship saying the ship feels wrong. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all we get on the ship. At that end, it's going to take 11 hours to get back. And then back to the creepy well, fake Except planet. here's a thing that happens because it ha- keeps happening for the rest of the episode. Spock walks over to the main console, reaches down, picks up a scanner that does nothing, and he just plays with it for the rest of the episode. It looks like a super juicy calculator. I decided it's, it was like a scientific calculator. It's blue. It looks it's like a calculator. Buttons. We don't actually learn anything about it, and I don't think he actually he's takes doing, any readings, well, but he carries it around for the rest of the I episode. I want one. He presses the buttons a bunch of times like he's doing calculations. I figured it was some kind of calculator. Like, you know like cal- that one kid in high school who's always playing on their goddamn scientific calculator? Sure, but what is he trying to calculate is Ex- my question. I do not know. It's just Fox stage things. business, because they needed to have him doing something in all the scenes of him standing around and going, can you be more accurate? He's deducting cam. Also, when you're an actor, it's hard to know what you do with your hands. So if you, you have, have a juicy something. calculator there, it'll just pretty much solve that problem. Um, yeah, the ship is wrong. Fine. Whatever. Um, we get they- five seconds on the planet again, where we get a call back to the pizza monster. We get a callback to Pizza Monster, and also, they made a headstone. Yeah. You know somehow. what? Right, okay, so this part, um, they build D'Amato, Da Vinci, Blue Shirt, a grave by piling rocks on top of him, and then yes. putting a name plaque on That is the same part buries Kirk yeah. in Generations. Yeah. Oh. He gets buried, and after Kirk dies in Generations, he gets buried, uh, Picard covers him over in rocks, and puts a little plaque that says James T. Kirk on top of it. Yeah. What a shitty, shitty memorial. Yeah. But yeah, no, I didn't realize that it was supposed to be like a callback to this, maybe? Sure. Sure, we will give them that credit. We will definitely give them that. But yeah, yeah they reference the Silicon monster because they're like, what killed him? I guess, like, they didn't leap to the possibility that he might have eaten some of that poisonous, uh, <laughs> grass. poisonous wheat. It feels like that's something that they could do. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Sulu again brings up the fact that the Enterprise must have blown up. Because he's super helpful this time. What is his deal? What is his deal? She's like, oh, but the Enterprise has been destroyed. Finally, Sulu's chance to shine. <laughs> no captains, no gods. <laughs> um, in engineering on the ship, poor Watkins gets sent oh, to check Watkins. something. But, and uh, Yeah, but Watkins doesn't get sent to check something before we watch Scotty wander aimlessly around looking at the air for five minutes. It's an atmosphere thing, Kim. It was interminable. It's about building atmosphere. Something is not right. You can't put your finger on it. But let's go back to poor Watkins, who's sent to... Okay, okay. If we're going to have a problem, this is where I'm going to have the problem with. There is a single button on an open console, which is away from where everyone else is, that if you touch this button... Apparently, it's like the fuel cap is off, and it's, then fuel just goes. It's and an emergency go- bypass switch. So yes. it's actually a safety feature. But uh, what happens, so he's off, like, out of sight of the rest of engineering. Because Scotty Go tells him to check on because it. Because Scotty's yep. having, like, feelings about the ship uh-huh. being wrong. And Purple Murder shows up. Purple and- Rain! To Watkins's credit, he's immediately like, what the fuck are you doing here? He is not concerned enough. No, he is not concerned at all. No. Because she's like, hey, can you tell me about this panel? And he's like, yeah, okay, here's what it does. He lies. 
He still told her. He didn't immediately go, you're not authorized to be here. Call security. I don't care if it's a lie. He didn't lead with who the hell are you and why are you here, which absolutely. Yes. He's dumb. Well, I am going to make a weird counter argument. Oh my gosh. Is that he has been trained and part of what this ship is doing is exploring new alien life. Yeah. And regularly on this ship, weird shit happens. Mm -hmm. And what they're initially supposed to do is extend the hand of friendship. Yeah. So if they meet a brand new alien, what they what Starfleet does not do is whip out their phasers and say, who are you? So I think within the culture of Starfleet and the Federation that this was an appropriate response to be like, hey. Try and get information. So the ignition makes the car fly, and who are you again? And then she psychically determines that he is lying and tells him to his face, which is when he's like, okay, you're not here to, like, give us all hugs. <laughs> and he straight up yells, Mr. Scott, there's a strange woman in engineering. And in fairness, this exchange takes maybe four seconds, five seconds, before I mean, he, he could have led with that. He could have I'm not saying that. that he couldn't, Kim. He should have. He, yeah. <laughs> it might have saved him. But I appreciate his overtures of friendship. Yeah. I, of course, while he is mid-shouting, there is a woman here, she straight up kills him. Well... She gives him the touch of death. And, and then disappears. And then, no, 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 in a classic move, hides behind a pillar. <laughs> no, 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 she folds into the wall. This was a special effect. She doesn't yeah. just go behind a pillar. Yeah. But she first vanishes. she hides behind the pillar. This was a cool effect. I, I loved, loved this effect. This. this effect was very cool. Every time it, it happened, it was awesome. It reminded me, and I think it was probably deliberate, it reminded me of the way that old TVs turned off. Yep. You know, where oh, everything yeah. goes in from the sides and then in from the top yeah. and the bottom and goes... Yeah, it was. So I loved cool. it. It yeah. was so outer limits. Mm, mm, mm. I yeah, so cool. Yeah, um, no one sees her, of course, except for Watkins, who can't really tell anybody after the yell. Um, after his death, his poor, poor death. Back on the planet, they actually take the time to do a sunset. Yeah, they they light it for that for a sunset. I feel like they were permitted to borrow a matte painting, <laughs> um, but it looked real cool. I did not even notice that. And they sit around being like, Sulu's like, so where are these assholes? (laughs) Like, because they're all pretty much, this is an artificial planet, nothing else makes any sense. But where are these assholes who built the place? Kirk's first guess is Hollow Planet. Which has happened like four times, so fair point. That should be your first guess, Hollow Planet. Mm -hmm. But they need to have a nap, and so Sulu decides to take first watch. um, Gallantly sacrificing himself, because the person who takes first watch always dies. Um, Kirk leans so uncomfortably up against a rock that I had, like, second-degree empathy backache for him. (laughs) He's not even, like, straight back. He's, like, side half back, crouching up. God, it looked uncomfortable. (laughs) And he's supposed to be sleeping? Does he have his head tipped back on the rock like it's a pillow? No, because it's, like, up, he's, like, sitting up. It's awful. It's awful. I felt terrible. He's gonna feel so bad when he wakes up. He's just curled into a little ball at the base of the rock. Like, don't use the rock. It's a rock. The sand's gotta be softer. Use the stupid poison plants if you have to. It's a rock. Rocks are not comfortable. Anyways, that's Kareen's sleep talk. Mm-hmm. We get a lightning fast trip back to the Enterprise to get another autopsy from Mabengo that, yeah, yeah they died, died of the, the same death. way. They died of the death. Yeah. Um, 
Sulu is about to get killed. <laughs> yeah, because apparently keep watch means wander off away from the sleeping crew members. Not a very good watch, no, not honestly. Very. Like, if you're going to watch, usually when they say I'm going to take first watch, is that you kind of, like, circle around the camp, yeah. making yeah. sure that the prone sleeping people don't Are get safe. eaten. Yeah. Sulu's uh, alert reaction is a little faster than Watkins because he immediately draws his face in. Sulu was not uh, on the same educational track as Watkins. Aliens mean danger and death. But on the other hand, he is in a planet where someone just, you know, died. died. Yeah. So I guess it all makes sense. He's like, okay, we're going back to the captain so we can interrogate you. And she's like, I want to touch you. Sulu's not into that. (laughs) Reminds me of the kids in the playground. I just want to hug you. Let me touch you. Let me love you. So Sulu shoots her. Yeah. <laughs> and he does nothing. First he says, I don't want to have to kill a woman. Yeah, see, there's three or four examples, most of them at the very end of the episode. It's like, why did anyone need to say that? It was completely unnecessary. Yeah, that was like, there's, there's a through line of yeah. sexism through this. It's like, it's totally unnecessary and not relevant to anything. No. It's it, baffling. It's almost as if there's two, there's one line of like, What's her name? Lorelai is a great female character. Lucera. Sure, fine, whatever. Yeah. There's the lady pilot, there's a horror, there's tons of like shots of ladies reacting and doing yeah. jobs, and it's just seen as normal. Yeah. But then there's this other weird through line of everything is that it's like the women are just trying to fucking do their jobs and the men just can't stop themselves from standing around and commenting well, on the She's they are. beautiful. And that's yeah. Well, we can't kill her because she's beautiful. And that negates what kind of threat she is because she's yeah. beautiful. That neglects her sacrifice that she made in trying to save her people because she's beautiful. Like, yeah. because beauty is an achievement. Yeah. That I mean, was it actually. Yeah. It, to me, that almost seems to cast beauty as something innately sinister in this particular case. Like, well, me. appearances are deceiving, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And but, that, like, things that are beautiful are also poisonous and deadly, and, oh, God, that makes sense now. No, it doesn't. I, I'm not crediting them for it, but for me, no, it makes sense. No, I don't, I, I... No, no, it's stupid, but it's like, all these men couldn't stop commenting on how pretty the murderer well, was long enough to keep them from well, murdering It yeah. also goes along with the, all the comments about how beautiful she is, and, you know, the beauty is deceiving, and she can't yeah. possibly be yeah. dangerous. goes along with the manner in which she presents herself as well. She's, like, very, very, like, oh, I, I just need to touch you. I'm for yes. you. I'm like, yes, like, I am it's for very, you. I am your gift. Yes. Yeah. All of her language is submissive and therefore is not seen, it's not supposed to be seen as threatening. Shit, is this actually subversive? Right? That's what I'm saying. Her prettiness and the fact that they keep totally out of the blue and totally like, but it's, it's nonsensically she has, she has the veneer of, of yeah. submission. Yeah. But her beauty is actually a weapon because it actually does throw off nearly everyone she kills long enough for her to kill them. Sulu is the only one who doesn't fall for it for more than like, I, even he, he comments on it, but not until after he's fucking shot her and it's done nothing. Her beauty is a weapon. She survived as long as she did because she is beautiful. Hmm. Beauty survives because it will kill you. Hmm. God Fucking damn it. Doesn't make the episode any better. It's still a piece of garbage. I'm kind of annoyed now. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to give it to you. Right? At the very... I, I hate... Yeah. I hate the last four and a half minutes, but when they're talking oh, about yeah, they're garbage. Beauty, is that the beauty was the weapon. Yeah. Of the machine. Yeah. But... Okay, anyways, yeah, moving we'll on. get there. Moving on. Yeah, so uh, she tries to touch Sulu. Sulu shoots her. Falls Several down. times. Several <laughs> yeah. times. He's, no effect. No not effect. once. And then he trips not and falls twice. down. And she strokes his shoulder. But and he screams while scrambling away, which is what brings the rest of them running. Yeah, and 
Kirk kind of gets in between her and Sulu, like, and heroically, stops. and she touches Kirk and nothing happens. Yeah. And he, everyone looks surprised. Yeah. And, and she, she keeps saying, I am for Sulu. Yeah. She just looks, she only wants Sulu. And she yeah. also says, well, I don't want to destroy you, and I mean you no harm. Yeah. Except for the part where if I touch you, you will be super dead. Yeah. Um, at keeps, which point, yeah. Kirk asks her, are there men on this planet I could talk to? Fuck you, Kirk. Yeah, yeah I could have done without that. And then after that, she squares out. Yeah. Yeah. She just like folds out. I actually yeah, wrote away. down, she folds out of existence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Are there any men on this planet? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. The best part about that is that, in fact, it turns out that she was in charge of this entire planet. So, yeah. fuck you again. Yep. Fuck you again from space yeah. and beyond the grave. Yes. And then also, in a fuck you moment for Sulu, he's like, such evil. And she's so beautiful. Yes. How could something fuck so you, beautiful Sulu. be so Fuck you, evil. Sulu. Yeah. I don't want to kill a woman. Fah. Well, she wants to kill you, so. I hate this episode. I still love it. So back on the ship, it's going real fast. And they're like, 8.9, 8.8. I'm like, at what point are they going to turn into slugs? <laughs> uh, they should definitely oh, have turned into slugs in right? this episode. So I just clued into the fact that Locera is played by Lee Merriweather. I know the name. Catwoman. I feel like everyone has played Catwoman. But she was, like, she's one of the more famous ones. She's been in fucking everything. I've never heard of her. I've never heard of her. That's fine. Catwoman? No, that's a big classic deal. Catwoman isn't that Julie Newmar? Yeah. Or Eartha Kitt. But, um, As I say, everyone has been Catwoman. But they're all important. She was actually, a, she was a Miss America. She was in the Andy Griffith show. She was on Time Tunnel, where there were a ton of other Star Trek She actors. was good in this. Yeah, no. she was very good in this. I, yeah. Um, at what point do people turn into slugs, Kim? Uh, once you go past warp 10, that's yeah. the warp threshold. They should all be slugs. They should all be slugs, because I think they were going, like, warp 14 at they've, one point. They've yeah. definitely gone above warp 10 before, yeah. so, yeah. Everyone Who should needs be slugs. Yeah. Everyone should be slugs. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, everybody should be slugs, but, like, in terms of continuity, like, whatever. They got their shit together for the next four series. Yeah. So, yeah, I will, yeah, like, yeah. I'm totally fine to get around it. <laughs> um, we get on the bridge... We have evidence of someone doing a security sweep, and even after finding nothing, let's keep the security. So I approve of this paranoia. Things could happen. Yeah. There is definitely a button that if you fuse it, you will just the ship will just keep going real fast. Yeah. Until uh, it explodes. Sabotage! We have 15 minutes until it explodes. And there's the ticking clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back on the planet, we find out... How can she touch through clothing? It doesn't... Shouldn't disrupt your clothing. She should have to be able to touch skin to disrupt the cells. Well, she hasn't yet. If it's some kind of, like, energy field, it kind of makes sense. Hmm. Whatever. Kirk point blank asks Sulu, why are you alive? Yeah. Which is kind of a deep question to ask someone. <laughs> why are any of us alive? Why? Like, why are you here? Just explain your entire existence <laughs> to me, if you would. Sulu looks pissed. Like, I'm okay with it, actually. Yes. He's great. Yeah. He is great. Uh, stupid stuff on the ship. Who cares? Um, the important thing is, is that she shows up back and they sandwich the person that she's yeah. after between them. This is on the planet. Yeah. Yes. So that when she reaches, because she's only interested in one person and only when she touches that person do they die a terrible death. So if she touches anyone else, it's fine. So they decide to sandwich 
that it's, person. When when they come back, she wants Kirk. Who doesn't? Or, yeah. So they, like, play fucking keep away with Kirk. Yeah, basically. Yes. Story of my goddamn life. Um, Kirk's phaser tries to explode. Okay, I wanted a phaser count at this point, because at least two of them had phasers to begin with. What happened to Sulu's? Well, he dropped it. I guess. Sure. Because at this point, you're like, oh, well, she's deliberately trying to deprive them of their weapons. And that didn't make any sense to me at all until the end, but we'll get to that. Yeah, sure. Her, uh, we should also take a moment to talk about her rings. Mm. She was wearing rings? Several very large ones. They were huge Did rings. not notice. And they were also purple. Did not notice. Um, Everything was purple. Everything was purple. Really, at this point, who cares? The ship is going to explode, and they've got to... Scotty has to crawl into a Jeffrey's tube. Oh, no, 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 no. Scotty does not crawl into a Jeffrey's <laughs> tube. Scotty gets tipped upside down and shoved head first by two other guys into <laughs> like a, a torpedo. That was amazing. That was great. He He's put in there like a torpedo. Along with the rock-catching fire, that was my other favorite thing that <laughs> this happened. This is a great moment. Also that he puts all the tools down his pants... <laughs> Including, like, giant laser things and magnets. And I'm like, are you sure you want that, like, directly on your job? them on his Velcro yeah. belt. But yeah. Yeah, no, he shoves them down his yeah. pants. But then he gets down into the tube, and we watch him lay all this stuff out. And I literally wrote on my thing, oh my god, this is so long. I, I really I, liked it. Yeah, me too. It took forever. I it was, was all stressful bored. and... Him, him narrating things, and I actually liked the detail, because it, it's a Jeffrey's tube full of lightning. Yeah. And we actually get the detail of, like, what it feels like, because he's in there and all this electricity. Feels like ants in his pants, although that might yeah. just be the magnet that he shoved down there. <laughs> That's also possible, yes. Yeah. My other favorite part about this episode, other than Kirk asking Sulu why he is alive, <laughs> is... So there's, like, some tricky business going on, and Uhura is monitoring the magnetic levels, and if they go over a certain level, everything's going to explode, explode, and, and so they're going to jettison Scott. They're, they're, they're yeah. waiting, because if this happens, they're going to jettison Scotty into the depth of space. Mm-hmm. And... And I guess the warp core? Spock, as Uhura is monitoring this, she's watching it very closely, he's like, Uhura! And so she looks up, and he's like, don't look away from that for one <laughs> second! <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is like... Stupid stuff that they did with Spock. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, this is just going to go back and forth, but it doesn't matter. Lozira, Lozara, Lucerne, Lucerne, was apparently commander of this station. Right, because he asks, who are you? What are you doing here? And she says, I am Lozira, commander. Commander of what? Of this station. It's like, okay, yeah, definitely it's artificial. Is killing people wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But I really, really liked this exchange, actually, because it's like he's trying to get her to react like a person and she's clearly not until he starts asking things that are emotionally charged. And then her programming or whatever is like, it's weird. Oh, right. Killing is wrong. Killing. Oh, shit. I'm still supposed to kill him. Oh, this is confusing. And you actually see the way I really liked the way that what she was doing with her face, because she was showing conflict in a very machine like sort of way. Yeah. Like, she was doing, every time she was given information that didn't quite match what she was currently doing, she would sort of do this blink thing and, like, twitch her head. It was cool. I liked it. She was great. Kirk asks, how long have you been alone? And her face does yeah. exactly that, where it just kind of registers something and can't deal, so she squares out. Yeah. <laughs> She's gone. Squares out. What we do get before she disappears, though, is, um, they ask, are there others in this planet? 
they are no more. Mm. And the thing is that I I just really loved this performance because she's like trying like the the words that they're saying don't cl- clearly don't make complete sense to her and she's trying to get answers but they're really difficult coming mm-hmm. like the way that she, they are no more like the words don't really even make sense to her she does a good performance yeah um the best part is is that they're fault they're like okay there was this power surge we're gonna track down that power surge to a magic door yeah. and behind that magic door there is another magic door Woo! magic doors as far as the eye go Sulu, <laughs> petulant bitch in this episode. <laughs> Kirk is like, well, I don't know if we should go into this cave of wonders. And Sulu's like, I'd rather be on the Enterprise. Although it probably blew up, so. Yeah. And, yeah, whatever. And Kirk's like, well, if there is food and water on this planet, it's in there, so. So might as well. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Unless there's no sand in there. Uh, they fixed the thing on the ship. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part about this is that they know that they have to jettison Scotty if it reaches a certain point. Yeah. That pilot is ready yeah. to kill yeah. Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the first sign of trouble, and Spock's like, how about you wait until I tell you? <laughs> but I'm going to keep my finger on this button, and just, I am just going to be ready. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is expendable, and I am not. And she is yeah. ready to expend him. <laughs> yeah. At any time. At any time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do like the end of that particular drama where Scotty gets it all done, and he's, like, sweating buckets, and he's like, you could at least say thank you. And Spock starts doing the, oh, you humans, you always do your... I swear to God, we see this exact same exchange between Data and Jordy like, four times. Mm-hmm. I cute. really appreciate it. So back in the Cave of Wonders, there is a cube An underground disco, disco lamp. Cube. Yep. Underground Disco Cube. It's great. I really like that cube. I think that would make either a really good Ikea lamp. Mm-hmm. You could easily a side be an table. Ikea lamp I'm now. fairly certain it is an Ikea lamp. <laughs> That's entirely fair. I like the sound and the the, mm-hmm. uh, the music that's the playing lighting. here. The alienness. It's very, very alien. Apparently this whole alien race just was really into purple. It's very, it's it a great color on them. And she shows up and is like, Hello, welcome from me and my cube. Welcome to our cubicle. Hey! And she's here for Kirk again, but she didn't come alone. She brought friends. Yes, each of of them wants to touch someone else. Yes. I enjoyed this because the computer, like, worked out a plan. It's like, okay, fine. At one point, though, when it's just the one of her, they, like, literally just, like, form in a circle, and they're just playing keep away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good strategy. It is. Like, li- literally, all she has to do is take two fast steps and she can grab someone. She's not very fast moving. No. And I think that's part of her trap, is that she's beautiful and they're like... And she seems non-threatening and... Befuddled. And so they just kind of stand there until she's like, oh, I'm going to touch you now. And then... Okay. And then death. Yeah. And then death. Um, unfortunately, they, the computer has outsmarted them. <laughs> didn't take much no like let's not give that computer too much credit no it just made two more of her with specific missions and they back all three of the men's up against a wall and they're doomed but then spock and a red shirt appear via transporter and kirk and kirk yells shoot the computer and And he immediately knows what to shoot Yeah. yeah now the first time i watched this i was like you couldn't have done that yourself, like, two minutes yeah. ago. And then I remembered, oh, right, they lost all their phasers. Because they blew up. Because they blew up because the computer planned for this. Yes. Yes, so, it did. Yeah. 
Um, the red shirt and Spock doesn't do anything. He just kind of looks Stands around like, there. huh. Um, but the red shirt immediately knows what the computer is yep. and then shoots it. It slows down. It doesn't die or explode because yeah. they spent their exploding budget on the exploding phaser. Yep. And the exploding ground. And the exploding ground. So it just kind of slows down yep. and they're like, whew. Problem solved. The ladies disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the lady reappears as a projection on the wall. <laughs> a PowerPoint projection. Yeah, basically. It's like a TV show of Days of Our Lives. Yes. Welcome on, <laughs> on previous episodes of Life in My Cubicle. Um, she gives a, a speech. And this is a great... This is Spock. Yeah. Again, Spock comes off very well in this episode, in this part in particular, where he's like, wow, that was a really logical move. Um... It is a great loss to lose that that mind. Yeah. And we kind of get the sense that the computer was programmed by her. Yeah. Or it took on certain aspects of her and its its strategy that it was mm-hmm. doing. And she calls them my fellow colanders. Calandans. Calendars. Calandans. My fellow calendars. We're all dead. Yes. <laughs> great speech. So they were like a terraforming team yeah. or something? They were trying to terraform this planet. They accidentally created a killer parasite that destroyed them all. Whoops. Yeah. Oops. And then the ship that was supposed to bring her supplies took it back to their planet and they're all dead. Yeah, wiped out their entire species. Do we know that or was that just speculation? That was speculation, but it does make some sense. That no one would come and get them? Well, what Bones says after the message ends um, is that she's the last one, because she's the last one alive. Yeah, she's the one leaving the message, and he's like, "I left the computer. It's going to kill anyone who isn't a Calandan, Calandan, whatever calendar. calendar. It's not calendar." Um, but after the message ends, what Bones says is, "You know, I'm guessing that the the ships that came before took the disease away before oh, they even knew that they were infectious, dang. and that's probably what wiped them all. And that's why her the ship she was expecting never came because they were already all dead. A thousand years of waiting for people who were already dead." Yeah. <laughs> No, that's all speculation. We don't know that a ship didn't show up at some point, scan the planet, and go, hot damn, there's a lot of parasites down here and everyone's dead. Let's not land. It's also possible. Entirely possible. Maybe that's what the sand was. All their dead bodies. Ooh, maybe. You're welcome. So, Spock's like, they kind of had, again, more speculation. They gave, she gave the computer her personality, and it also had her guilt and her reluctance to kill people. Yeah. And Spock says she must have been a remarkable woman in that all the strategy that she did, so transporting the ship away, maybe sabotaging, I guess sabotaging it? Sabotaging it. Um, yeah, but she still showed up and killed two people on that ship. That was not real. Why she, didn't she just kill everyone? She had no reluctance to kill anybody. She was, like, totally fine with walking up and touching well, them. the thing is that she doesn't start showing guilt until Kirk starts contextualizing it as destroying people, as killing people. None of the other people do that. They don't try to engage with her. Um, like it's the, only when Kirk and the others start talking to her, like, you know, but she, why do you want to kill us? Do you want to kill us? Oh, shit, killing, killing's wrong. But she attacks every time she walks into transporter, and, like, yes, she tries to warn them not to beam down, but then she immediately turns around and kills the transporter guy. In engineering, she's having a conversation with the guy, and as soon as he tries to warn people that there's someone, like, stranger danger, she kills him. I think she's just trying to stop them. I don't think, I think that what she does on the ship is just, like, automatic protocols, and there's no reason for her programming to consider it anything else, because on the ship she's not having the conversation she is down on the planet. Mm. Yeah. I think she's running on automatic until Kirk and the others start, like, bringing up the rest of it. 
Which is at the very end, so it still doesn't, like, she's not showing... It's about two-thirds of the way through the episode. So After the killing's on the and ship. And then, like they say, she must have been a remarkable woman. And McCoy peeps up. And beautiful! McCoy should shut the fuck up. Which he says, and, like, nine times. And yeah. then Spock is like, but her intelligence... That her intelligence endured. Her intelligence lasted yeah, those Spock thousand years. Yeah, Spock says beauty is transitory. Yes. And Kirk says, no. Beauty. Beauty endures. Beauty survives because it will straight up murder you. And they are objectifying a lady who has been dead for a thousand, thousand years. years. And yeah. is a computer. Yeah. Huzzah. Um, so, performance of the episode, Kim... Um, I'm giving it to the actress who is playing Purple Lady. Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather, yes. I liked her performance very much. Mm-hmm. Um, the end. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say there. I, she definitely had the performance of the episode. Mm-hmm. Ari? I want to give it to Lee Merriweather, but um, I'm also going to give an honorable mention to Naomi Pollock, who played Lieutenant Rada. Sure. Just because she was so fucking ready to jettison Scotty into space. I appreciate that. I also like that she was a little bit older. Yeah. yeah. Like, generally on original series, what we see, old. they're 19 years yeah. old. Yeah. I liked everything about her except for her acting skills. I liked her. I mean, they get a little bit better about that the further on into Trek we go. They're not hiring 20-year-old actresses. Like, yeah. they're actually hiring people who could have attained that rank in the real world. Yeah. Um, like, oh, it took like 20 years for me to get to this point, not 20-year-old people with doctorates. Yeah. It was nice to see an older lady on the bridge. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm giving mine to uh, Lee Merriweather, of course. I thought she did an amazing performance with special honorable mention to James Doohan. Doohan? Doohan. Yeah, Doohan. I'm, I'm yeah. actually going to give it to him. Yeah. Which is weird because... Uh, I find everything that Scotty does objectionable. <laughs> but uh, he kind of sold that I'm lying down on my back being put into a uh, yeah. tube like a torpedo. Yeah. That was amazing. And yeah. he looked light. He looked light. <laughs> it looked effortless to pick him up. So I'm, I'm going to give it to that to him. Um, Kim, life lesson to be learned from this? Uh, bring survival gear on away missions. Shit, that is a good idea. <laughs> That's a pretty solid one, actually. Dang. Yeah. Like, literally, if all of them had just brought a backpack with some food and water, they would have been a lot better off. Yeah. Huh. That's practical and, like, enforceable immediately. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Ari. Um, always start by extending the hand of friendship, but also be prepared to laser someone to death if necessary. <laughs> that is disappointing, Ari. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with don't let anyone touch you (laughs) (laughs) until you know for sure that their touch isn't poison (laughs) because you never know Mm. like you really don't like let them touch someone else that you you don't like that you don't like and or care too much about and then (laughs) but like maybe not like get them to wear gloves no gloves no love yeah. Uh, Ari, your count. Five women and six people of color. Kim, your count. Uh, three deaths on screen, plus everybody who was on that planet a thousand years ago. <laughs> which is anywhere from one to ten billion people. We don't know. 
So, so there there's go. a range. There's yeah. a range. It's a big range. There's a range. Four or ten billion plus four. <laughs> <laughs> ten billion and four. <laughs> yeah. So in the meantime, um, don't get too close to people on the sky train. And bring some water with you when you go out. That's just a good life. Maybe lesson. a granola bar. Yeah. Like two, one for you and one for a friend. Tuck it in your purse. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.